Hi, and welcome to the White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show. My name is Josh, SEO man, Bashinsky, still with a summer haircut. And we have with us our Black Hat co-host, Holly. Say hi there, Holly. Hey, guys. What's up, everybody? <laughs> uh, I know some of you are mystified out there in the Europe area by the current uh, uh, football game, or what, what we call soccer, you call football, uh, England versus Croatia. So I, you, I know you're going to watch this later. But for those of you watching now, if you have any SEO questions, you can ask them in the top right-hand side on YouTube. If you've never seen the show before, this is how the show goes. Uh, we are two of the best SEOs around, period. Um, uh, I'm a white hat SEO more and always more of a black hat SEO. Uh, and uh, the reason why this is because we test. We test everything. We test like crazy. We have 80 tests running, and it drives us nuts. But that's why we have the superior knowledge, and that's why you should be listening to what we're talking about. And if you want the evidence, we can provide it. And we kind of debate on the show what's better, white hat or black hat. We, really, we don't. We kind of showcase some white hat SEO, showcase some black hat SEO, have an, an, an anecdotal debate, that kind of a deal. And also, we answer SEO questions. So as I said, if you're watching, you can ask, you can ask questions at the top right-hand side. Uh, we've been on vacation for two weeks. And a lot has happened in SEO. So let me start the show off with our, our first segment. We normally start off with, with what's new in SEO. So what's new with White Hat SEO? I'm going to go to Barry's uh, blog just to make sure I don't miss anything because a lot has actually happened. One, um, mobile-first indexing has been rolling out. Uh, you may have noticed. So let me go to Barry's blog. Now, here's just one thing. I don't know if you guys noticed. You can go to category slash Google updates, and that just gives you all the Google updates that's been going on on Barry's blog which is SE Roundtable, which is, for a white hat perspective anyway, probably one of the best blogs to tell you what's going on there in SEO. So there is an algorithm that's rolling out right now. And also, I think it's the Google Speed Update, which is rolling out. Google announced they're rolling out the Speed Update. They've been warning us about this Speed Update for uh, many months now. Uh, if you don't know, uh, no one knows how, how, how it works. My preliminary information seems to indicate to me that even if you have a pretty decent uh, speed, it's fairly aggressive. Like if you are a little fish fighting a bunch of big fish who have a lot of money to throw at their server and their speed is way better than yours, you might be in trouble. That's, that's the first anecdotal thing I've seen. Uh, it's, again, not confirmed. I need to do some actual testing in a controlled environment. But uh, it definitely is not looking good in the wild right now. Uh, they've been doing tons of updates. I would say probably most of these updates here have been the mobile-first indexing uh, and, which I've seen drops from. So I know for a fact that sites that don't have a responsive design, you are going to see a drop from the mobile-first indexing. I do have a number of sites now that have suffered from this, and so I can pretty conclusively say that. Again, it's not a, not a controlled environment test. It's in the wild, but that's the best evidence I have for you right now. And also the speed update has been rolling out. So Holly... Have you been seeing anything new in the Black Hat world and or have you been seeing these uh, mobile-first indexes or speed updates affect you? Probably not really. You're, you're doing mostly YouTube uh, Black Hattery. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I don't get really affected with those kind of updates. The only updates that would affect me is um, like when they, when they move the videos to the three-pack and that kind of thing. Um, I don't have websites really. My landing pages don't rank because I rank the videos. Right, right. And when you attack a SERP, you're attacking it with a thousand pages. And so it doesn't matter if this page gets down and this page is up, it's, they're, all your, they're all your pages. So at the end right, of the day, it right. doesn't matter. I will rank 200 web 2.0s or whatever it is per keyword. So if one goes down, I don't really feel it generally. Right, right, right. Because you're doing industrial strength black hat, which reminds me um, today. You are going to be uh, also sharing with us uh, something new about the three map pack that you uh, have a presentation later on for. So everybody who's watching for that, uh, go ahead and get excited because it's going to be really awesome. So we have some people joining us here. Lee, if you have a question, go ahead, type it in the chat. Or if you have a microphone, go ahead and ask it. And for those of you who are watching here on YouTube, you can ask your questions on the right-hand side. Let's go to the questions now and see if we can answer some. And then we're going to move on to Holly's presentation. Peter from Poland asks, is PageRank a distraction that Google is using to get attention away from domain authority? That's an interesting question, Peter. Um, but it's, it's, it's a bit of an oxymoron, if you don't mind me saying. Uh, domain authority and PageRank are really the same thing. Uh, but it really is page-based. Um, the domain authority metric is not at all really important. 
It's only important insofar as page rank is flowing to pages, which is what Google ranks. Google ranks pages more or less. They only have a few algorithms that are site kind of site based, uh, and so uh, which quality is one of them. Uh, when it comes to page rank, it's they call it page rank for a reason because it's the ranking of pages. So so that 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 question is a, a bit of a mixed kind of mixed uh, misunderstanding question. Uh, the only time domain authority is important is when you're trying to rank the, the index page. And that's uh, only because the domain authority is the PA, the page authority of the index page. So that's not really, um, uh, I like your question. Keep thinking about it, but that, that's a, a, bit of a, a bit of a kind of a misnomer question. Julie Henderson asks, good US links like Mashable to non-English websites? Um, I'm not sure that Mashable is a good US link, one, Julie. Uh, uh, it depends. A good link is relative to what you need, the metrics you need. Uh, sometimes you need spammy links. Sometimes you need highly authoritative or, or expensive kind of uh, real looking links. So that, that kind of really depends you on what you need. Metrics you need. Uh, sometimes you need spammy links. Sometimes oh. you need highly. And somebody needs to mute there, Gabe. Thank you very much. <laughs> and. Um, uh, and then to non-English websites, yes, the answer is yes. Uh, you definitely can uh, get links from uh, cross-language links are perfectly fine. That happens all the time. Uh, we've tested it all the time. Uh, there's we have not seen any kind of problems with that, at least in the in our white hat world, where we are acquiring links fairly. He's using scare quotes, people, where we are acquiring links fairly. Uh, Holly, I don't imagine you would see cross. Uh, language links having any problem in the black hat world either yeah no problem at all i mean i haven't I, I mean i haven't built links though in like a year and a half but when i was i was you know i don't think a spanish link is gonna hurt anything versus an english link it's a link is a link is a link yeah i, I think you're right i think the only caveat i would add to that is that in our testing we've tested the relative uh strength and power of links and a, a non-related, a non-semantically related link has virtually no juice, uh, even in uh, a controlled environment where there are no other signals. And so a single link should be like a huge signal. We put click here links on unrelated pages, like pages about um, uh, whatever, garbage, garbage XYZ, uh, click here link pointing to a garbage page about ABC. So no relation that Google can discern whatsoever because it has no idea what either page is about because it's just gibberish. Uh, and it, th those pages didn't even move the needle. Like those links didn't even move the needle. So and then they moved the needle when we made an exact match query link. Then it went up one spot. And then this is the recent test we did, and I will share it with you guys. We have been using pop on our backlinks. Pop, if you don't know, is Page Optimizer Pro. It is a fantastic on-page tool made by um, my, my friend and fellow SEO, Kyle. Uh, and uh, he is, uh, uh, he and I have done a lot of on-page testing to see what, what places on the page are actually a factor for, for ranking. And we used, I have to hat tip to, to Ted and Cora. I just saw Ted join. Hat tip to Ted and Cora for that because that greatly, seeing what correlated strongly with rankings gave us a good, a really good pointer as to what we should be testing to see what uh, what is a, a ranking spot on page. And we were able to kind of prove what is a ranking spot on page and what is not. I'm not saying we found them all, but we found most of them, I think, given the results we're getting. And um, uh, we've been using that for our on page on our site. But then, uh, just on a whim, I decided to test on in the live, so in a wild, in the wild, a live site. So it's not a controlled environment test. We've also done that as well. But the first test was in the wild. And I popped up my backlinks, about eight of them, and I saw a huge uh, ranking boost from that, a good five to 10 spot shift. And then also, um, we're like, hmm, interesting, okay. And also, not only does it make you rank higher for the key keywords you want, it makes you rank higher for all the related keywords as well, which is, that's where the gold is, right? It's not just ranking for the keyword, it's ranking for the keyword families, which is really the goal. And now we've actually repeated that test in a controlled environment and the, the same results came through. It's at least times three as powerful as a standard link. So I was, I was sorry, my segue was on Julie's question about, about links. Uh, you definitely want to be uh, in the semantic and the whole page has to be in the semantic of what you want to rank for. And so another good reason to use Page Optimizer Pro, go to pageoptimizer.pro and use Josh5 as the coupon code for five free uses of the system. 
again, that's pageoptimizer.pro and use Josh5, capital J-O-S-H-5, no spaces, for the coupon code to get five free uses of the system and use it not only for your on-page, but for your backlink pages as well. I still have two more uh, control environment tests to prove that this is actually a factor in what's going on. Uh, but I'm already using it and I'm already seeing some really good, uh, really good gains. And that kind of should tell you about where you're getting your backlinks. And if you can't edit your backlinks, then there's a problem there as well. Okay, just a few more questions and we're gonna get to Holly's uh, presentation here. Uh, Michael asks, hi there, my competitors create separate pages for every long tail keyword. For example, they have pages, best apples, cheapest apples, best red apples, and so on. They are basically creating the same page with different title. I consider that as a spam, but they are ranking very well on Google. Should I do it too? The answer, Michael, is yes, but there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. If you have to use your human logic and you, then you have to test with Google. So I would do, I, I would, I would show you exactly how I would do it. And I have shown on previous uh, episodes, so go back and watch previous episodes. But I would do keyword research in Google AdWords uh, keyword planner tool. I would download the, the keywords. I would sort them from best to worst keywords. Go back to previous episodes to see how I do that. I use a bit of an algorithm there in Excel. And then I would I put families on, on the right-hand side. So let's say it said best red apples. And I found top red apples, greatest red apples. Uh, those, those three things are the same, right? Top and greatest are synonyms for best. So I would take those over and I move those to the right-hand side. And that's a family. And what I would not do, what I would not do is I would not have a best red apples.html and a red apples best.html and a top red apples.html. I would have that all on one page. That would be best red apples.html. And I would uh, make sure I mentioned the, the words top and greatest throughout whatever Pop told me to do. For, for, Pop will tell me all the metrics, right? Page Optimizer Pro will tell me all the metrics. So that's how I would do that. So you just don't want to double up on the same topic, but yes, you do want to, if it's a separate search and in, in your logic, you think, no, that's a different thing. Cheapest red apples is not the same as best red apples, at least not as far as human beings are concerned. Then you need to do those searches in Google to see if Google gives you uh, like really the same sites and they think it's the same, or if they think, uh, if you do like best red apples and you see cheapest is bold in the search results, then they already think that cheapest is a synonym of best. And uh, because they're not using a dictionary, they're using Hummingbird. And Hummingbird is an algorithm they wrote in June 2013. And it just watches where people click to, to make uh, synonymous relations between, between uh, uh, keywords. Uh, that's how they learn what a new keyword they've never seen before is related to this or that or that or this. That's one of the ways they learn. So, um, yeah, so that's how I would do that. Um, uh, uh, Chris, watch the video again. <laughs> uh, uh, Pastor Duke Tabor says, would using pop with links work for interlinking as well? Uh, if so, where do you find this metric in pop? That's a great question there as well, uh, uh, Pastor Duke. Um, we're also testing this internally. Now, Eric Lantry is, is a friend of the show. He's been on the sh uh, show plenty of times. He's, he's Quebecois. He's over in Montreal in Canada. I'm over in Victoria. So we have a bit of a, a, a East Coast, West Coast Canadian rivalry going on, a friendly one. I like the guy. He's great. He's très bien. And uh, <laughs> to put it in the Francais, uh, <laughs> with a terrible accent. And uh, uh, he's, he's, he has this method where he uses a, a mini site. Like he'll have like a best red apples page and he'll have like a mini, mini site, why red apples, you know, top red apples. And they're all pointing internally and they don't link anywhere else factor. And I have to admit, right now, the evidence is still out, but I've been testing environment, and it does seem to be a ranking factor. And I think you can use pop on these internal pages as well to get even more boost out of the page you already popped. So I don't know that for a fact yet. I don't know that for sure. That's a hypothesis that I still need to test internally and then externally as well before I can put my foot on it and say, yes, that is a ranking factor. But it looks like all this information I'm, I'm seeing in all my testing looks like it's going in this direction. And if that all pans out, I will have a monster ranking factor for you guys, a way to leap, go leaps head and shoulders above uh, your, your, your competition and to get so much more value out of your on-page and your off-page uh, SEO. It'll be pretty crazy. So we're going to see where that goes. And the last question for now before Holly gets to her presentation, Christoph asks, in regard to ranking YouTube videos and website embeds, is there a correlation of high DA and relevance of a website 
to the ranking position of the video. I don't know anything about uh, YouTube SEO. Maybe Holly can uh, take a stab at that one. Uh, is there any correlation between it? It, uh, it it's that's kind of like a a loaded question because if somebody it, if someone is better than you and someone is doing more linking or if they are doing guest blogs and you're doing guest blogs but his are stronger, he's gonna win out over you. It's like um, the I'm doing CTR and I'm going up against people that are doing links, but my CTR is beating out their links. So, um, it is kind of, uh, it's kind of a catch 22. You just have to be better than the person above you. And there's many different factors. It's not just links. Yeah. I mean, you know, like if, it, if you're doing like web 2.0s and doing a bunch of embeds and you hit where the filter is says, Hey, you did too many embeds and the video is going to go backwards or it's not going to move at all. So yeah. the only way to really test that is to actually get in you know, get in the trenches and do the testing yourself because there is no one niche that's the same and there's no real one keyword that is the same. You just have to find where the pretty point is. And we, in testing, we tested uh, embeds four or five times for Google ranking and it did not help with the Google ranking. It either stayed the same or it got worse most of the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear people say all the time that, you know, they do embeds or they're doing like Tumblr or Blogger and that, you know, it ranked them on um, Google or it ranked them on YouTube. And, I, and my always response is if someone who came up against you has better links or has a better profile, better retention rate, they're going to beat out over you. So you just have to have a stronger channel or a strong a stronger CTR than the person above you and you're going to be beat out over them. It's, it's basically the same concept as a website. You just have to be better than the person who's ahead of you or below you, you know, right. on, on a fabric of, of factors, not just, not just links, which everyone usually right. to links, links, links. Well, this is a perfect segue then. So you already mentioned the CTR and the video of three packs. Holly, take it away. You have something to show us of what you're working on in your, in your diabolical black hatness. Why don't you share with us what you got? Okay. Can I can I take and do a screen share on my side, or do you want me to send you the links? No, no you could definitely do a screen share, screen share on your side. Okay. So basically what the sequence of events were is that two days before I left for our uh, vacation in Florida, Google did a video three-pack. And basically what happens is when you search for a lot of terms, say you're searching for maid services, Alamo, Nevada, um, it now will bring a video of three packs. So when you go and look at the search, you might have some ads, the video of three pack, and then the maps. Sometimes the maps is about above the video, but I've been seeing a lot of it below um, where the, <clears throat> the maps are below the video. Um, so yeah, so you can see it right there. And then also you'll have the images too. So you can take, uh, you know, if you have a GMB, you can take that all those GMZ spots plus the video spots plus the image spots. And it works all also for affiliate type terms. So if you type in um, easy magic video review, it which is an affiliate term, it also is throwing um, the video three pack. So that's what <clears throat> the Google update was. And I was gone for seven days, so I wasn't able to test. So I've been testing, I think it's been about two and a half weeks or so, on how to A, fire that three pack, because sometimes the three pack is not there, and I want to take advantage of it. And B, if I can fire that three pack, I want to know how to get my videos one, two, and three positions. Plus, uh, if you pick, if you click on that little arrow button um, next to the last video, it's like a video carousel. So you can actually take as many spots as you possibly can, um, you know, and it doesn't just have to be YouTube videos. It can be things like embeds on websites, which is interesting because as we know, embeds don't help our ranking. Um, so <clears throat> my, my theory was that how could I get it to fire the three pack and have the videos in there? So I did a bunch of testing with doing embeds again, which did not help me. And I couldn't get the actual web 2.0s in the video three pack. Um, 
and the videos went backwards. So I totally took that test out. And then I started doing CTR testing to see um, pretty much how many searches um, I needed to do to fire a three pack. And it was not like you only need 30 searches a day. You only need 10 searches a day. It wasn't like that. Like each niche is different. And I did about 120 campaigns with all different kind of niches. So I kind of could just look at it at one time and see if there was a pattern, which of course there was, because when you have 100 and some campaigns going, you can pick the pattern pretty quickly. So I'm going to show you some screenshots um, of what we found. Cool. Okay, so everyone can see my screen, right? <clears throat> yep, go ahead. Okay. So these rankings that I'm going to show you, is not they're not impressive rankings, but they don't need to be impressive rankings. They just need to move and move enough that it's um, – over 120 campaigns that we could that we would see it that it wasn't just YouTube just doing a, a an update right. So the videos that I did it on were older videos that I have had nothing done on them in the last three months, no CTR, no linking, zero, nothing, 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 nothing. They were not brand new videos, though. Let me say that the brand new videos they they pop that three pack generally right away. Uh, whether or not you can keep it there, you got to do some work. But these are older ones, so. Um, the campaigns <clears throat> that these are, I um, just did these yesterday or the day before just so that I could show some new, um, to see if new improvements, any kind of, you know, Google updates that I wanted to see. So a week ago, you know, these spots are one or two. Today, they're enough of a movement between a three and a five over across the board that I knew the CTR methods were working. So that's not substantial, but what is, is that there was no three pack when I first started uh, two days ago. And today it's a three pack for every single term, except for this last term, which is being a, just being a shithead because it's not actually in YouTube or in Google. So I'm trying to figure out how to fire it right now, but it's enough of a, um, enough across the board that I can see that it has fired the three packs and has been 100% based on CTR, not building any links. I haven't for, I mean, it's almost been two years now that I'm not building links. No embed, zero, no, no core links, no like posting on Facebook, zero links, okay? So there was no three pack in um, for these. And the thing is, is that for some of these, uh, they were stuff like e-com and the, some of them were like Amazon type videos. So I can rank, um, get that three pack to fire for e-com and for um, Amazon type terms, you know, like, um, I don't diaper bags or something like that. It can fire that three pack now versus before it was hard enough to try to get your video on Google, even try to get it on page one for some of these terms. And so I wanted to show <clears throat> this one because this one is a little bit interesting is that I have done a little bit of CTR to this one in particular, and I couldn't get this one to move. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to let it sit it still for a few months. Maybe I was too aggressive and I broke the damn video and I'll come back to it. So you can see it's not, I mean, it's not like hard competition by any means, but it is a competitive niche and it is e-com. So, Basically, it was when I started it, there was zero rankings. And within a week, I got some stuff to come in, um, you know, 72, 64, which is not impressive whatsoever. But as long as he movement, that's what we're looking for. And then we would go from 72 to 21, which was yesterday. And then today we go backwards, which is actually what I want to see a little bit of because it is going backwards. I know it's bouncing around is kind of doing like not, I don't want to call it the Google dance, but it's doing the YouTube dance, which I don't, I don't like that term either, but it's dancing enough that it's saying, Hey, this is getting traffic. We just have to figure out where to put it, which is we, we generally see that. And <clears throat> that I mean, like, that's okay for me. If I did a rank update later today, it'll be green again. It's just moving around. So I wanted to show you that, you know, even with, you know, people will say this is like home services is, it, you know, whatever. It may be something like um, <clears throat> a home service in, in a small city, but this is actually an e-com product that has a general term. 
So that is pretty, that's pretty good. A, that we can fight a three pack and B, the CTR is working as it should be for um, Google and for YouTube. Um, so then this one is, is, is interesting because I'm using ProRank Tracker and ProRank Tracker put in a, um, a, a ranking aspect, we'll, we'll call it. I used to just track YouTube and now they put in something that's called elements. So you go in there and you click on elements and you click on videos. And so um, they're actually tracking the three pack also, which is what you find in uh, this screenshot is that this is the element that ProReg Tracker is checking. However, it's not like, um, you know, like, cause they use so many proxies. so. Like this one has been, you know, this has been annoying me. It's been two days, but it finally fired where this one, it, where actually this one, and I'm hoping if I check tonight, it'll show where it actually is at. Because when I spot check it for all terms across six IPs on my servers, they're all in the three position, but it doesn't show that because of different proxies. So um, it's it's kind of an in interesting concept, I guess. And you can see it's it's, moving it went from 91 to number 21 overnight basically because i started these because i started yeah i'm fine because i just sorry i had someone come to the door so um <laughs> i just started this one like two or three days ago so i wanted to show you some fresh ones um this one it also has search terms okay settle down there and again it's not substantial <laughs> movement which is okay we don't care about it but like so this one is pulling 3f so 3f means abc is like first second third then um uh, abc oh my god i can't do my abcs because i'm drugged yeah. so much <laughs> yeah so you get the point so this is at number five. Oh my god can't can't do the alphabet so right. this is pulling um SERPs, it was at zero and now it's at like basically the first page of YouTube and now it's started getting pulled into the three packs. Um, and pretty much the same one for here is that it's, it's just enough movement over a 48 hour period that it's, it, it's enough proof to show us that A, the CTR is working and B, we can pull in the three pack. Fascinating. You know, Holly, you might want to try with uh, podcasts. Um, John Mueller recently announced that Google will play podcasts right in the SERP if you use the podcast uh, schema on your page. I'm wondering how that would work for like a commercial, uh, you know, like a home service kind of scenario. Right. I mean, is it a, is it like an Apple link or what kind of link is it? Uh, he just said, if you're using the podcast, this is the um, the web presence and search IO presentation he did with, uh, I think her name is Maria, I think. She's also in the Zurich office. Um, uh, I, have, I'm, I have it right here on my screen. I could share it if you want. And he, he mentions that if you're using podcast schema, that Google can read that and it'll actually play the podcast right in the SERP. I'm just wondering uh, wow. how, how, how your black hattery can work with that one. I'd have to look up this. I'd have to know what search terms is firing that podcast to play in. And then I could probably put it, then I could probably like uh, tinker with it and see what I can do with right, it. Right, let's see. Um, podcast on surfing. Yeah, I don't see any. I don't know. Maybe it's something they were trying and maybe they're not doing it anymore. But, but John Mueller did mention it. It was for 2018, but who knows? Something I just thought of that while you were, you're having your discussion there. So. So that's fascinating. Um, I know that you and I have been have uh, you and I and Ted actually have all been debating as to what's the actual ranking factor that's that's going on there. Um, I see now more why you think it's CTR because it's also trying to get the three pack to trigger. Yeah. You don't have a page to go to. See, whenever a Google page goes up in ranking because someone went traffic to it from any way, like direct from Facebook or through Google. I'm, I'm saying, well, how do you know it was the CTR, which is the ranking factor, or just the traffic to the page is the ranking factor? Because we've t I've tested traffic at, in numerous ways now at this point, and I know for a fact traffic is a ranking factor, uh, especially if it does positive things when it gets to the page, and, and they're real humans. Um, we, uh, Ted and I, Ted, uh, you know, I were, Ted and I were debating this, and, and Ted is also trying to crack this code as to 
what actually makes it a real human? You know, like what 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 are they triggering on there exactly? Well, it, just to just to represent a fair. A lot of times, the word traffic and CTR get used in a very general context, mm -hmm. and it's easy to say that traffic is the thing that makes you rank better. Uh, but the problem is, is if it's not under very strict testing circumstances, you don't know if it was traffic or if it was qualified traffic or if it was repeat visitation or age sessions. There's a lot of things that it could be. Um, so loosely, yeah, we all know that human traffic is a thing. Uh, but the mystery we're trying to solve is why don't uh, click-through rate bots work? What's the difference between the human test case scenario and the software-coded bots that do the same things the humans do? What's different? Why does one work and the other doesn't? Right. No, you're absolutely right. And um, I, from, from my White Hat perspective, all I need to know is that human traffic is a ranking factor Therefore, if I see really crappy metrics on your site, it's something I'm going to be whining about and I'm going to be in the client's ear or for my own sites, I'm going to be boosting all those kinds, all the kinds of metrics I can possibly boost to try and find the right one that they're actually tracking. Yes, of course, I would love to know what the actual metric is. Yeah, so then, I, I would say that human visitation to a web page is is the general thing, yes. but the specific thing might not be simple traffic. You're right. You're right. It could be it could be traffic plus repeat visitation, or it could be traffic plus they did some kind of mouse movements, or traffic plus this, or traffic plus that. Yeah, that's why when. So, sorry, go ahead. So I'm going to argue with both you guys on that fact because here's the reason: is that most people think I'm using places like uh, MicroWorkers, or I have a bunch of high school little shits doing CTR for me. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I've been working on this bot for almost a year and a half and we could almost get it exactly to the point and then our views would count for 48 hours and then it would drop out. So I gave up on it because as a bot, I didn't think it would work. So then we were doing, we had a bunch of kids doing it for us until the last probably four or five months is when we, we actually were able to crack what um, what we consider what CTR is for ranking purposes, you know, because there's different levels. You'll have some, you know, I don't want to say levels, but there's different points for different things. Mm -hmm. And for YouTube itself, there's higher ways to rank your property with CTR than doing some of the lower things. We, we have clear cookies every time and we've done some split tests, clear cookies versus keeping the cookies on there. It does not, we do not see a difference. And we did it across enough videos where I can confidently say it doesn't matter for YouTube and it doesn't matter in the sense of Google um, if it's a repeat visitor or if it's a brand new visitor if you're logged in if you're not logged in if um you sit on the video for um well if you sit on the video for three seconds or you sit on the video for five minutes there's a difference in ranking and you can use that to hurt the person you know who you know you can use it for negative seo obviously Ooh. but in the sense of websites we've we've done it with things like websites we've done it with maps um there is a little bit more of um you can you can see like like if you're logged in it's little like i don't want to say higher point but th those will rank faster than something that's not logged in so there is if you have enough tests and you can do them all at the same time and no one else is viewing it then you can get a pretty clean test yeah that's a controlled environment test yeah yeah so you know you're absolutely right and so we're talking about different google products YouTube is a different Google product than Google Maps is a different Google product than, than global Google, Google search. And I can see why you're saying CTR now in your cases, because whether the, the three pack triggers or not, that, that it, was, it wasn't there before, then it can't be traffic. And it's CTR, then finally it's there, right? So it has to be CTR. And then right. also on YouTube, I know, and that's another Google product, which is, I think, I don't know if you would agree, but has probably a little bit more of a rudimentary search system than, than the main Google search product. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, yeah, you're, you're right. There's, there's different, there's different animals we're hunting here and you need to hunt them each with a different weapon, 
so to speak. If I could use a reference, right? Like moving, like moving your videos once it's in the three pack. Say it's on like um, the third carousel in, then you have to do CTR just on that video three pack to move that video up. So that's what we're working on now to find out where the the filter, where the pretty spot is on sending the CTR and what we have to do to get that video to move up. So it's it's a step by step and everything is different. You can't ever use the same one, um, you know, from niche to niche. So, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of testing. It's definitely a lot of testing, but we love you for it. Thank you, Holly, for presenting that. Let's go back to some questions here. Um, Kristov asks a question for, I think for Holly. Uh, I, I, we already answered that one, sorry. Uh, Chris asks, have you tested whether child pages to regular posts send more indirect link juice to your money page? Um, child pages or regular posts send more indirect link juice to your money page. I don't know what you mean by the difference of child pages or regular posts. Well, I guess I can see what you mean that regular posts would be interlinked with everything else versus child pages. No, although I see Eric is here and if he wants to put in the chat what he found, because that was that's originally stemming from uh, something that he discovered, um, but I'm I'm testing it here. Uh, I don't think it's about link juice. I really don't. I think it's a, the link is a, makes a semantic relation between this article which has topic X Y Z and this article which has topic X Y B, and and the, then Google is making a relation between them because of the link you have. Just like a rail next prev cluster, we have rail next prev for all these. They make a ranking cluster. I think this makes a ranking cluster. And um, I'm starting to test it out now to know for sure um, uh, how that works. Uh, Eric might be interested to hear that the way my testing has gone right now is that when you have three child pages with that are completely unrelated with a click here link, there's no boost. When you change the link to be uh, just the link is related, but the article is not related, there was no boost. But then uh, when you made the article related and the link related, then there was a boost of one spot or two, one or two spots uh, to the target page. So Eric could be right. And I don't think it's a, it's a hummingbird thing. I think it's more of a pop thing. I think it's more of a Kyle discovery that, that Eric also has been sniffing around the same, the same golden pot, if you will, that um, it's just you can optimize the on page for your one page. Then you optimize the, the all the on-page for the same search query for all the pages that link to it, both off-site and on-site, and it seems to boost this page even higher. But again, I have not directly tested that yet, so I'm not I'm not putting my foot on it and saying that's what's going on. Uh, Duke says, thanks for the answer. By the way, you can call me Duke. Okay, Duke. <laughs> says, your, if your mother calls you Duke, then it's good enough for me. Um, let's see if there's any more questions for us. Uh, Frederick asks, uh, "Does uh, I guess he's talking about you, Holly. He asks, does Holly mean driving CTR on the video on in YouTube or from a Google search? Meaning like the uh, CTR? Sorry, go ahead. So, um, I mean, I, I'm doing CTR on Google and I'm doing CTR on YouTube. So if you have CTR coming through Google and you're doing YouTube videos, obviously it's going to help your rankings. Okay, there you have but it. But we're we're having it sent most. I mean, I don't want to say mostly like fifty fifty through Google because that's what's firing uh, the three pack. Like the three pack is not pulled from uh, video tab. Google's video tab is not pulled from YouTube. It's it's their they have their own. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say it. It's not pulled from all these other places. Like they don't the SERPs don't match up. Okay. Um, then Steven asks another question for you, Holly. So can micro workers work for firing the three pack? Um, <clears throat> the, the issue with micro workers is that you can't control how many people are searching on an hourly basis. And so you're, you could get, you know, if you do, I don't know, a hundred a day, you could have that hundred search in a matter of an hour or you could have it in a matter of 24 hours there you have so much you can't control what they're searching for if you have more than one term you can't control even that they're watching the entire video and not just watching three three or ten 
10 seconds of it and getting the information for the proofs. So can it? I don't know. I haven't tested on there. I haven't used them in a while. Um, you know, it would be a fine test. The the thing, the issue is going to be that you can't control the the watch time and what they're searching for, I guess. Right. I know that we we did one initial traffic test with microworkers that kind of proved that that positive traffic that's as, as, as specific as I can get because we told them to pretend pretend to like the page when you get there mouse over mouse over um, sentences highlight words scroll down scroll up pretend like you're reading it's what we told them to do and what we presume the microworkers did and I could tell they did it by looking on Crazy Egg and seeing what they did and where they clicked so they they, they obeyed us. And that my our initial microworker test, we sent 60 traffic over to a SERP, which had nothing going on on it, a controlled environment, no no other signals uh, present that, that you know as far as we could tell. And that page jumped up from four to number one after after a few months, and then stayed there for for uh, probably a year now. Then we re, then we then I tried to see if in Google search if it's CTR is a factor or if it's traffic a factor. And so I did one traffic test to a page. And I did one CTR test to a page, and I used microworkers for it. But uh, quickly the test got shut down, uh, and both pages were deindexed. And every time I tried to use microworkers as a traffic source after that, I got my test page deindexed. So it might be a good negative SEO tactic now at this point, <laughs> but uh, but that did not work for for testing. So I, I know from my perspective, microworkers certainly is not working. Christov asks a question for Holly, which data points do you use in order to test the sweet spot for the optimal CTR? I don't know if you can share that. Um, so, I mean, the only way to test it is to have your campaigns running and I do 100 to 120 campaigns at a time. And then based on what I see, I'll add in more, more, um ctr or more like clicks or whatever the case is if it's too much and the video goes backwards you know you add it in too much and then you pull some back so it's a lot of testing and watching your serps on a daily basis um i i check my serps probably six times a day um across everything just just you know on my ctr test because i can see it pretty quickly when it happens because i have so many tests so i mean it's that's the best way to say it, I guess. Bud from Bud's Grow Guide. Hey, Bud. He asks, can you manipulate CTR with black hat methods? Well, that's what we've been talking about, Bud. Uh, but you don't have to use black hat. I mean, all these methods that we're talking about here are black hat methods. Uh, anytime you're trying to arbitrarily change the rankings, it's black hat method, technically. But there are white hat ways you can manipulate uh, CTR as well, which as more of a white hat SEO, that's what I'd be concerned about. Part of the reason, I, at the end of the day, I don't really care if it's CTR or traffic that helps rank a page, because I'm not doing the YouTube stuff, so so I'm I'm, I'm out of that kind of uh, game. But also because at the end of the day, I want to boost, I want to boost your CTR. I want to write a title tag that is so clickbaity and so interesting and so tempting to click on that that it's real human beings clicking on it, and, and you're getting real humans to the site who will hopefully make a sale. Uh, you know, so not only am I getting your rankings to go better, maybe maybe not. But I'm also getting more sales for you, which is which is the whole idea. So that's where I'm coming from at it with a CTR uh, kind of perspective. And it doesn't have to be black hat. You could do it in that white hat way. And I would recommend that you do. Even if you're a black hat SEO, you use scare quotes with black hat. Even if you if you're a black hat SEO, uh, uh, you definitely can um, uh, be using all these white hat methods and and try. If you need to make sales, try to get actual human beings to to the page as well which definitely would be a good idea. Okay, so we got 15 minutes left on the show. I see both Gabe and uh, Ted are here. Gabe, do you have any questions, my friend? Did you have any SEO questions for us today? Or were you just kind of hanging out? And Ted, what's new with you? Whoever can de-mic first gets, whoever can demute first gets to talk first. It, Ted, Ted's the winner. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, I'm uh, just working on that uh, rank tracker we uh, were hinting about a couple weeks ago. So that's uh, coming closer to being a reality. Ooh, tempt us a little bit more with, with what your rank tracker will do. Uh, well, it, 
unlike normal rank trackers, which will give you the rankings for your websites and a few select competitors, and then they sprinkle in API data from Ahrefs or other places, mm -hmm. and uh, they hope the magic happens. And then they leave it up to you to take uh, this massive data dump and uh, figure out what's going on. Right, make sense of it. You make sense of it. And so what, what happens, and I've done this myself, you know, most SEOs, you know, at some point in their career fall prey to the, the rank trackers where you end up setting up a rank tracker, you end up putting in hundreds or thousands of keywords, and then you go back every day and you pull your data and you spend half your day uh, gathering measurement data. And, uh, you know, that's that's how it started years ago. And then we got the software as a service rank trackers where uh, you go to a website and they pull the data so you don't have to, to monitor it, but it costs an arm and a leg. The cost per keyword is ridiculous and very quickly uh, you're spending, you know, thousands of dollars to get a small number of keywords. And so from my background, I came from e-commerce where the retailer had over 25,000 SKUs, which meant I was targeting quarter of a million keywords. There simply wasn't a product on the market that could do it, not cost effectively or simply just could not do it. Um, so I ended up uh, building uh, my own systems uh, and I learned very quickly uh, how to make it scale. And I learned very quickly how to get information that is insightful and actionable, which current rank trackers don't do. So what I learned was that a rank tracker shouldn't tell you uh, why things rank. A rank tracker should tell you how things changed. Mm -hmm. And that's the fundamental difference with my rank tracker versus the rest of the market. So mine, mine will be unlimited. So any number of terms you can do on your hardware and it'll tell you how things changed. And it does change detection on the SERPs. It does change detection on the pages. It tracks the top 100 results for uh, all of your keywords just simultaneously. So you can see all the movers and shakers. You can see all the people making moves. You can know how they changed their page. And what this has done is it's given me the ability to detect the type of change, which none of the existing rank trackers can do. So my software will be able to tell you, oh, your position changed because somebody below you changed their website and moved above you. Or your position changed because you changed your website and went up or down. Or nothing changed and your position changed because Google changed. Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm doing this change detection, I can tell you the nature of the changes. Right. Very now the people who are showing up above you all have a terms of service page and you didn't have one previously. This is a huge correlation change and we're making an educated guess that you should start looking in this direction. Yeah, and it's, and it's very straightforward. I show you these changes because whatever was removed from the search result or removed from the web page is highlighted in red and has strike, strike through. And whatever's added since the last time you checked is highlighted in green. Uh, so you can see what's been added and what's been changed. And you can do these differences between different dates. And it's highly actionable data, highly actionable data. Um, yeah, that's that's just unbelievable and un, uh, unbelievably good. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I have I've had SEM rush on the show. I've had hrefs on the show um, and you know they're, they're great guys and all that but they do have their biases as to what they think is a ranking factor based on what their tool does you know surprise surprise hrefs thinks it's all links that's a that's a main ranking ranking factor sem rush thinks it's whatever they do is the main ranking factor right i'm sure majestic i know link research tools uh chris kemper over there in germany it links is 90% of the ranking factor and you should all be having a disavow file and blah, 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 blah. By the way, for those of you who haven't heard my disavow rant lately, don't, there's the rant, don't use a disavow file uh, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, so yours is going to be the only honest one where it's like, listen, this is what changed. You draw whatever human conclusions from this what you want, but you don't you don't have any vested interest in saying it's links beforehand or saying it's it's on page or whatever it is beforehand uh, or it's a disavow file beforehand. You're just going to make you're just going to look at the changes that you can see already with the powerful core software and then then it's on us to to see oh these are all the changes. Now we got to pick out the magic from the uh from the data, but at least now we're we're capable of doing that. Yeah, and one one of the discoveries we've already made with just the development prototype is that uh, when you allow Google to pick the summary that appears in the search result, what would normally be populated by your meta description, when you leave it up to Google to do it, Google does this thing where it looks like it's A-B testing different snippets from your page, and it'll change that text almost daily. And when it does that, your rankings will change with it almost mm -hmm. daily. Yeah. And uh, I've seen like uh, uh, one of Clint Butler's uh, websites appeared for one of my keywords, and his fell prey to that because he wasn't targeting the keyword I was looking at. He accidentally ranked for it, but <laughs> Google would switch every day. It would switch between two different snippets on the page, and his website ranking would fluctuate by seven positions based on which snippet Google was picking. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I would even go further to say that I don't. I think the snippet is the symptom of Google's ever-changing semantic index of what Hummingbird tells it uh, that, you know, uh, cruddy red apples, what does cruddy mean? Is cruddy meaning the worst? Does cruddy mean, is it a special brand called cruddy? This guy named cruddy made some red apples. You know, Hummingbird is teaching it what this means and it's doing A-B testing all the time as to wow. what keyword families you should be ranking for and what, what keyword families are related to what other keyword families, what synonyms are 80% or 70% related to other synonyms. And so I think, I think it's actually the more I play with pop and the more I'm I'm listening to Mr. Lantry's Monsieur Lantry's here that uh, it, it seems to me that I think Google is closer to what you kind of call it Ted like this just giant control F kind of uh, simple final replace and just using all these keyword families as kind of sub sub searches you didn't do but it, it knows are related you know and I, I think I think anchor text and links are are less and less important because uh, I see even no follow links passing what seem to be the same amount of juice as a do follow link. I can pop a backlink page with a no follow link and get more juice out of it than a do follow link on, on, on a, a, a good blog page or what the link sellers would say is a good blog page. These people have no idea uh, really how it's working. I think our theories are really getting to be light years ahead of where everybody else is. And so that's that's fantastic stuff. Let me get to the last few questions here, and we'll close off the show. But thank you, uh, Ted, for sharing that. Gabe, if you if you have any questions, go ahead, turn your mic off, and, and start talking, and I'll, I'll let you ask a question. Uh, Chris Ramsey here uh, asks, is there any penalty or performance decreases on sites that sell black hat stuff? Like if you added some black hat stuff on your site, Josh or Ted, could there be any kind of negative effect? I don't know what you mean by black hat stuff. I'm assuming you mean the stuff that is blacklisted out of like, say, AdWords, like uh, testosterone supplements or, or some stuff like that, or, or some, I don't think you can sell guns on AdWords or other various things like that. If you can find, if you search for it in Google and you can see sites coming up for it, then no, there is no, there is no penalty or, or there is no, there is no, nothing like that. I see that there's sometimes a filter on exact match domains, even though they have the, they still have the highest URL boost that I can find pound for pound of all the, of all the on-page optimizations. The URL, the main domain name, is still the main, the biggest one. But um, I think they use query deserves diversity to filter out. We can only have one or two exact match domains if we have other good options on any major SERP. I think that's how it's working because when you look out on the SERPs, you just don't see that many exact match domains. At least I don't. Um, I see one on the SERP, if that, and that's it. But I know there's like 20 others trying to trying to rank for it. Um, let's. See here, are there any other questions? Marco asks, hey Josh, is there any news on your evil Google movie? Yes, I am currently in talks to uh, put it up on iTunes right now. And I'm also in talks to see if I can get the movie in Netflix. Uh, sadly, it's a slow process, but um, we'll go as fast as we can and I'll have more information on that uh, coming up. 
Uh, and let's see what other kind of. Okay, so based on what Ted was talking about, um, uh, Barat asks, so Ted, should we leave the meta description or fill it in? Well, uh, I'd say if you're seeing the thing where your rankings are constantly bouncing, I'm number three, I'm number eight, or you know, I'm in the top 100, I'm out of the top 100, I'm in the top 100, because I've seen both scenarios. Uh, a lot of the times when that happens, the search term being searched isn't tuned in the meta description or the meta description is just not present completely. And when that happens, Google's picking snippets from the page and we see this thing where every day Google bounces between a couple of the snippets. And uh, with one snippet, you're in, and with the other snippet, you're out. And Google's just bouncing between the two every day. That's what we're seeing. So to fix that volatility, you want to tune your meta description to make sure it includes the search terms you're trying to rank for. Exactly. Then you just rank where you ought to rank. The volatility goes away. Right. You don't want to be, to put it in pop language, you don't want to be trying to hit a variant keyword or to put it in general language, for 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 what you're trying to hit on a main page, in other words, in the keyword family, you want to rank for the top exact match keyword, and then they might they may or may not rank you for everything else and all the all the keyword family stuff. So if you want to rank for best red apples, they may rank you for top red apples. That'll be pretty solid. Let's say let's say for some dumb reason Google thinks that best and cheapest are synonyms to some degree. Then if you got best red apples and you're going for that then they might put you on page one for cheapest red apples one day, they're gonna pull you off the next day. That doesn't matter as long as you're going for best red apples. Every page has its own keyword it's going for and all the close synonyms as well are on that one. And that's why, like I said at the top of the show, you need to do your keyword research to see what the best keywords are, pick the best ones, and then make family keywords that you're gonna go for, and then check Google, to do a Google search for best red apples and see if they think cheapest is a synonym of that and then it's got to be included in. You can't make a separate page for that. But if it's not included in, then you make a separate page for that, and you're hitting all the, all the best keywords. And Dave Keyes says sometimes Google picks the snippet from the page even when you have a meta description. Uh, what you do, uh, Kyle Roof had a great suggestion. It's, it's called Don't Bury the Lead. And what that means is you have a summary paragraph at the top of your content that briefly says what the page is about and you make sure that you tune that with your meta description text as well so that it's the first paragraph on the page and your meta description, and that maximizes the likelihood that Google will pick one of the two as the snippet. Yeah, when we're using pop and we're optimizing pages, we don't see any dancing on the main keyword and all the, the main synonyms, like, like best and top are, are all so close. We don't see those get stuck on position four and eight, respectively, let's say, and they don't move at all. And and uh, we always see the proper meta description we want on the main keyword. On the keyword variants, yeah, we might see the fluctuations, but that's fine because you can't change that. You can't stop that. Google is going to uh, uh, decide what they're going to do there algorithmically, and it's going to change from day to day. Mr. Keys, Big Dave Keys here also, also said, didn't the old Panda patent say, plurality of groups of resources and quote links to resources in the group meaning yeah. it takes more than a link from a good blog yes dave you're absolutely right yeah and that that language plurality of groups of resources mm. uh that's that could be a an encoded hint for mc4 or something very similar to mc4 yes yes some kind of um complex meaning algorithm that's finding finding patterns here and here and here and then if it sees the magic, you have a social page and you got good semantic links, then you get a big boost as opposed to you had semantic links and popping everything, but you didn't have a social page, just for example, and then you didn't you don't get the boost. So there are a lot of if or or kind of scenarios that they can do. And also with time, like you added these links and then uh, we made you A-B test and then you disavowed. So now you get dropped versus you can do a naked disavow in the middle of nothing when there was no sus suspect links and maybe bad stuff doesn't happen. So, so again, they can do these kinds of things. So testing always has to keep going. And finally, Dave Key says, Pop has been good to me so far, a couple of weeks in. Good, Pop has been good to everybody. 
If you're not using Page Optimizer Pro, you certainly should be. Again, uh, you go to PageOptimizer.pro and use Josh5 for your five free credits. So this has been uh, the White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show. I would like to thank all of my panelists, uh, Ted, Gabe, and Holly, for being on the show. Uh, and uh, uh, for those of you who, who are not aware, we're going to be at 12 p.m. noon Pacific time every Wednesday from here on out, and the show is an hour. So um, if you want to email me, uh, if you have any SEO questions, email me at joshbashinsky at gmail.com. Just so you know, uh, I have two private Skype groups. Uh, I have all kinds of SEO education. I have SEO courses going on. I have SEO quickies. I have all kinds of extra videos that you get access. This is the free video. You get access to private videos uh, in my Skype group. So email me for that at joshbashinsky at gmail.com. And if you have any other SEO questions, email me and if, for Ted or for Holly, and I will point you in the right directions for these guys. And as I always say, good luck in the SERPs. See you next time, guys. Bye-bye. Where's the damn thing to stop this? Oh, there it is. Okay, bye.